Hi, welcome to Beyond the Paper Gown. I'm Dr. Mitzi Crockover. In this episode, you'll hear from a scientist I met at the Women's Healthy Aging Innovation Summit, who's developing a non-estrogen drug to treat the hot flashes of perimenopause and also support memory. The drug development is in very early stage, and you'll get to hear a bit about how such drugs are tested, as well as the journey to getting them through the regulatory process and into the market. One of my favorite parts of this conversation is learning how scientists know if a mouse is anxious or depressed. Take a listen. Hi. Today, I am actually broadcasting, if you will, from the Women's Healthy Aging Innovation Summit, which brings together innovators, investors, and subject matter experts in this space. So we're really excited to be here today. And I have with me Dr. Karen Frick, who is the Chief Scientific Officer of Estrogenics. She's also a distinguished professor of psychology at the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much. So good to see you. Um, so I was really interested and excited to hear about your work. Um, uh, and so I'm just going to start out by asking you, uh, about the company Estrogenics yeah. and what your role is there. Sure, yes. So so my role at Estrogenics Therapeutics is as the chief scientific officer. Uh, it's a company that's been around since 2018, um, and they grew out of an academic collaboration with myself at UW-Milwaukee and colleagues at Marquette University and Concordia University, Wisconsin, where we uh, discovered um, and developed new compounds for targeting a specific estrogen receptor in um, hopes that, that, that targeting that receptor would provide the benefits of estrogens for cognitive functions, specifically memory, um, as well as hot flashes without some of the side effects of traditional hormone therapies um, for cancers and stroke. So talk about why it's important to differentiate between the receptors, what that means, right, and uh, what are the implications of doing so? Right, right. So most chemicals that are produced by our body uh, bind to numerous proteins that we call receptors. Um, the receptors are the lock, if you will, and the mm -hmm. chemical is the key. And estrogens, like most of those chemicals, have multiple forms of receptor. And estrogens have different kinds of estrogen receptors in tissues throughout the body. Um, and those receptors have slightly different functions. And so one receptor that we call alpha um, has beneficial functions, but it also increases cell proliferation in tissues like the breast, leading to breast cancer, whereas the other major estrogen receptor we call beta um, has some similar functions, but also does not cause cell proliferation like estrogen receptor alpha. And so estrogen receptor beta is associated with some of the beneficial effects of estrogens on cognitive function in particular, as well as hot flashes. And so our company has been targeting that beta receptor because we think it's going to help provide alternatives for women who can't take traditional hormone therapies for cancer, if they have a family or personal sure. history of cancer, um, this provides them with another potential option. Okay, and so it is an estrogen. 
It's not an estrogen. Okay. So it's a, yeah. So it's a synthetic compound that's um, that's built to bind specifically to the estrogen receptor. So it's based on the structure of estrogen receptor beta, um, and so it's not an estrogen, um, but it functions like an estrogen in being that that key that fits into that specific lock. And so usually when you're looking at a drug, you have to suggest a specific reason for wanting to use that drug or an yes. indication. Yes. So what are you looking at for this drug to accomplish? Yes, right. So most women are unaware of the fact that they are at greater risk of developing Alzheimer's disease relative to men. And we think that at least part of that increased risk is estrogen loss at menopause. Because it turns out that the cells in the brain that um, are, are important for memory function, they depend on estrogens for proper functioning. Right. And so we think that the loss of estrogens uh, in middle age makes those neurons more vulnerable to detrimental effects of aging and neurodegenerative processes like we have in, in Alzheimer's. Um, uh, it, it basically leaves those neurons unprotected. And so uh, we think that that uh, leads to degeneration, dysfunction of those neurons, leading to dementia and, and Alzheimer's disease. So it's my understanding that if you use estrogen um, in a certain window, yes. that that ends up being protective even after you've stopped using it. And uh, right now, what we're doing is using estrogen really kind of a short-term situation for hot flashes for those who can. Yes. So is it your hope that this compound will also be used at a very prescribed period of time and you wouldn't have to continue using it? Uh, yes, ideally. So, um, so you're right. Uh, the data do show that estrogens are most neuroprotective when they're started when women are experiencing menopausal symptoms. So in their late 40s, early 50s, when they may have hot flashes or any one of the myriad of <laughs> symptoms that right. are endemic to, to menopause. It doesn't just have to be hot flashes. You suggest that if women wait to start estrogen therapy until they're quite a bit older, they're well past uh, menopause, having menopausal symptoms, so these are women generally in their 60s and, and beyond, um, that it doesn't have the same kind of beneficial effects. And, and there are animal studies that back this up. Um, and so we're hoping that our compound, while um, uh, being able to relieve hot flashes and, and address memory concerns in um, in early menopausal women, um, we're hoping that that uh, the effects that that we have that those the compound will have on the brain will be longer lasting and potentially reduce women's risk of dementia later on. So it will provide sort of immediate benefits to cognitive function in the short term. Um, but even when off of therapy, the, the benefits to the brain of having had estrogens there mm -hmm. through middle age will pay dividends later on in life. Okay. And then um, I was also surprised to hear that there is a correlation between the severity of hot flashes and potentially cognitive decline. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Right, right. So there are uh, multiple ways in which that relationship could happen. So... Um, Estrogens also influence the sleep centers of the, of the brain, and so there can be direct effects of estrogens on, on neurons in those parts of the brain, causing them to be dysfunctional and, and causing sleep disturbances. But hot flashes can also disrupt sleep. Women you know, get hot flashes 24-7, and so if they wake up in the middle of the night, 
they, you know, then their sleep it could be difficult to fall back asleep. And we know from decades of work on sleep and memory that disrupted sleep, not getting enough sleep or having uh, sleep disrupted during the night impairs memory. As, I mean, anybody who knows who, you right. know, <laughs> who hasn't gotten enough sleep and then, you know, tries to function the next day. Um, so, you know, for, for menopausal women, it's sort of a double hit. We have these direct effects of estrogen loss in parts of the brain that are important for memory. And then you have these other, you know, basically side effects um, on memory as a result of disrupted sleep. Interesting. So it's also interrelated. Yeah, it's all interrelated. Which might make it very exciting or even complicated to do a, any kind of studies, I would yes. assume, too. <laughs> Lots of variables. Yes. Um, so a couple of other questions. We talked about, you talked about breast proliferation being caused by the alpha receptors yes. or the, the binding to the alpha receptors. Yes. And what that means is just increased growth, and that may then lead to disordered growth leading to Correct. cancer. Same for the uterus? Yes, same for the uterus, okay. exactly. So you wouldn't have to use, for example, progesterone in women with uterus, with a uterus, um, if you were to use this compound. Yes, is that yes, correct? exactly. That's great. And also, I know that this is very early on. Uh, where are you in the process? When can we potentially see this on the shelves? Right, right, right. <laughs> so we are still very early. So we're still in uh, in preclinical testing. So oh, testing yes. mainly with um, with mouse models of menopause and Alzheimer's oh. disease. Mm -hmm. um, and so we expect to be in the preclinical phase of development probably for the next two years. Um, and then hopefully, if, if all goes well through those preclinical studies, we'll start phase one studies with human women um, probably in uh, early 2025. Uh, phase one probably will go from 25 into maybe second quarter of 26. Um, then we can do phase two uh, clinical trials to get us probably to the end of 2027. And then uh, hopefully partner with uh, a pharmaceutical, a larger pharmaceutical company to take us through phase three and, and beyond. So it's really a, a journey. I think it is. A lot of people don't understand that it, you just don't think of a, a drug and and poof, it, it yeah, goes except, into humans. I know exactly. it, it, it's very frustrating at the slow pace of of um, drug discovery and, sure. and development, but it means. You know, you think about giving a drug to millions of people, you have to make sure it's effective and safe. Exactly. Right? And so aside from just the initial demonstrations that this compound, this new compound you've made does what you think it, it uh, sure. you want it to do, um, you have to make sure that it's, um, that it's safe, that it's not going to cause any off-target off effects. Um, and so we need to do that in a number of different, um, in a number of different ways. Um, and, you know, once we've done that, then we can start baby steps in, in humans um, and hopefully continue to see um, efficacy as we move through the different uh, phases of the clinical trial sure. uh, process. And you know, as I said, could you work faster? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I wish. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we've heard about a couple of other um, drugs here at the summit. Yes. How... Where, where do you, where do you fit in those in terms of how how is yours different? Uh, there are other companies that are working with other drugs that are taking um, different approaches, and they specifically target hot flashes. Um, what's novel and different about our compound is that so far it shows efficacy not only for hot flashes but also for memory. 
So um, maybe an option for women who are experiencing problems with both. And just to underline the fact that you're hopeful, I would assume that mm -hmm. this can also be used in women who have had breast cancer, for example. Yes, yes. We definitely hope that it can be an, an option for those women. I actually do have one more question that, yeah. that I wanted to ask. Because you are, a, you know, a professor of psychology. Yeah. Are you seeing or have you had an opportunity to even look at potentially the effect of this compound on some of the um, behavioral health or mental health aspects of menopause? Yes. Or the mood changes, I should say? Exactly. Yes, we have looked at that with this compound. Uh, albeit in young animals. So these are okay. young mice who've had their ovaries removed to mimic uh, the estrogen loss. Mm -hmm. um, and we have tested the animals in some gold standard um, tests of anxiety and depression. How do you know if a rat has anxiety or depression? <laughs> Just a, asking. Uh, it's a good question, <laughs> and, I, and I, I should be careful here because we can't know if they have anxiety and depression. So what we what I should have said well, You make was, them anxious? <laughs> <laughs> is that we're testing them in, in tasks of um, uh, anxiety-like and depressive-like behaviors. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, um, <laughs> yes, so uh, for instance, for anxiety, we place the animals in, in, um, in mazes in which uh, there are some areas that are uh, darker and places where, where mice like to hang out because they, they're comfortable in the dark. And there are some areas that are, are, are lighter and more open. And the typical interpretation of the animal's behavior is that um, if they're less anxious, they're going to be more likely to venture out into mm. the open and the light areas, more curious about exploring those. And if they hang out in the comfortable dark areas, that's more suggestive of anxiety-like kinds of behaviors. For depressive behaviors, we challenge them in ways where we... Um, uh, we ask them to do some difficult things, and we look to see how fast they, they give up on, okay. on doing those things. And for our, our current compound, what we call EGX358, um, we have found no effect either um, one way or the other on okay. anxiety and depressive-like um, uh, measurements. So no, uh, it doesn't increase anxiety or depressive-like behaviors or decrease them. Um, so it doesn't have any, I, I should say, side effects on um, indices of mood. Uh, but we are uh, going to be testing, uh, as I said, everything we've been doing so far is in young mice. We mm -hmm. will be testing. We just recently got um, uh, funding from the National Institute on Aging to study this compound in middle-aged mice. And so uh, we will also be looking at mood uh, behaviors as well as memory and uh, hot flashes in those animals. And, and that should be interesting to see if there's any difference in a much more naturalistic um, uh, model of aging and menopause because the animals are indeed middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, I hope that when you do that, you'll uh, ring me up, if you will. Absolutely. And we can have you come back and, uh, yes. and talk about that. I'd be happy to. Dr. Karen Frick, thank you so much for being with us today. This is really fascinating, and um, thank you for your work. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Our podcast is produced by Patrick Shambayati and me, and our associate producer is Kyla McMillian. Until next time, be well.